Hello and welcome to episode two of the Stories of Survival podcast. With us today we have a gentleman by the name of Justin Vitito. Um, Justin and I had the opportunity to speak together on a different podcast related to a, a show and um, while we were talking last time, Justin was able to briefly share an experience that he had, I believe, in southern Utah um, that was very personal, that involved uh, being lost and, and thankfully being found by the inspiration of others, if I recall. And so Justin was, I think, the first person, again, it's funny, you were the first person I reached out to for the last show, and you were the first person I reached out to for this show as well. So you get to kind of be the, the guinea pig for everything. But Justin, thanks for being willing to come back on again. And um, with that, I'll just kind of kick it over to you to introduce yourself and kind of tell your kind of background and who you are um, and then correct any lies that I might have just told. No, you're good, man. I feel I feel out of place without, uh, without a headset and a microphone. But um, <laughs> every. Every pod, all the five podcasts I've seen in my life, everybody has those. But well, if we um, keep, if I keep doing this to you, I'm gonna have to just send them to you as like thank you gift. I could maybe get a fake one anyway, just to just to look the part. But uh, no, so I mean, most everything you said was was absolutely correct. Um, most people from from your podcast will will probably know me from uh, season two of Alone on the History Channel. Um, that was uh, it was a, a very rewarding experience, and it opened a lot of doors to uh, a lot of the other things that I do now and and have done, you know, over the last six. Oh wow, it's been six years. Um, but um, before that, I was in the army. Uh, did about almost seventeen years in the army. Um, was a sniper for most of that, and I've I've led a very uh, very strange life as far as as far as uh, resumes go. So um, it's hard to kind of hard to kind of narrow the focus of uh, of what uh, what defines me. And I, I try not to let any of those things you know define me as a person. But uh, that's only a rather recent realization of uh, you know I I can still you know I'm, I'm tomorrow I might go get a job. Uh, you know, working at uh, working at a gas station or something. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what I want to do when I grow up yet. So um, I, I tend to look at uh, I tend to look at things as more of uh, more of adventures along the way, and I'm you know trying to uh, trying to live my life that way um, so that I don't wind up getting on my deathbed and regretting it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try really hard to not chase rabbits in this conversation because I think that topic of um, not letting any one thing you know define you I think is is really neat um, so I don't want to chase that rabbit too far but I just I think that's a really great philosophy in life um, especially for someone and I'm going to try and not eat my own words here but you've lived a, a background and you had a, a career that um that is would be very easy, I think, to kind of rest on, right? And be like, ah, this is this is who I am, and this is what I am, and and use that use that publicly, I guess. And so it's it's I guess commendable and interesting that you choose to not do that. Um, but maybe that's a conversation for another day. I don't know. 
I don't want to sound the wrong way because like, I don't begrudge anybody for doing that. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I, and I think, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there that, that, that kind of get forced into that pigeon or pigeonholed into that, uh, you know, in order to have to make a living doing what they enjoy doing. And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't begrudge anybody for, for doing that or, or look at them sideways or anything else, but it's just a personal choice that, that, uh, that I've made, you know, so, we live in a small town in West Virginia. Um, most people that uh, that know me just know me as the weird guy that walks around in sandals, you know, all the time. <laughs> uh, like, why why is it snowing outside and walking around in sandals? But um, sandals but, yeah, and, I mean, and ranger panties all the time is that is that still your standard getup? Even now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, it's just it's just been a personal choice of uh, I I don't. I don't want something that I've done to define my entire existence. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I was a, a kid, um, you know, my dad would, would come home from work and he'd ask me, Hey, what'd you, what'd you do for me today? <clears throat> and I'd like spout off this list of things, you know? And he's like, okay, like, great. You, <laughs> I cleaned the kitchen and I cleaned my room and I, you know, I cleaned the inside of the house and he was like, great. Well, you eat here, you sleep here. So like, what did you do for me today? Or, you know, if I had in the, this is like summertime stuff, right. Or if I had done a, a big effort the day before and, and done whatever to, you know, bust my hump all day in the yard, I'd get home or he'd get home from work and be like, all right, what'd you do for me today? Like, well, I did all that stuff yesterday. <laughs> He's like, that was yesterday, man. What'd you do for me today? Um, and so I, I think that was kind of, raised in me as well uh, which is maybe why i identify with with that philosophy but anyways um so i appreciate that uh but anyways if you want to jump in so when we talked last time you had shared this story about uh, being in southern utah i believe at a, a a skills gathering or a training camp or a group of some sort and if you want to just kind of tee that up a little bit and we'll dive right into that experience and that story yeah, so uh, yeah, I think there's certain experiences that that you have in your life. You know, like I was just talking about. You know, I I personally don't want them to define me, but uh, I think you have certain experiences in your life, or you can that change you. And this happened to be one of those experiences. Um, it it completely changed the core of of who I am, um, and it it dramatically changed the the path that I was going down, I guess. So um, a few years ago, and I'm horrible with years and when things happen, but it, it was three, three years ago, I think. Um, a buddy of mine who I hadn't actually met at the time, we just knew each other through, uh, through the survival stuff, but uh, Tyler White, he's out in, uh, out in Utah. And so he invited me and a few other people uh, out for a basically it's hard to describe it it wasn't really a class so to speak but um it is not really a class <laughs> um it was more just uh an adventure um out uh out by boulder utah which is where boss is so if if anybody's familiar with boss uh, a big survival school um there's a guy out there that used to work for boss and has been doing desert survival named Dave holiday. And he's, 
he's like the the Gandalf of survival, right? He's like, you know, like if you if you know anything about survival, um, he's one of those bucket list guys to to go hang out with and go you know take a class from, learn from, uh, you know, et cetera. So that's kind of how it started. Um, I flew out, <laughs> and the first day we just kind of. Uh, from Tyler's place is like three, four hour drive. So driving through all the scenic mountains and everything, we finally get down there, just kind of relax for the first day. And then, um, we, uh, met everybody and, and started up. So most everybody had a, a pretty, pretty good background, uh, as far as survival goes, a lot of instructors, a lot of you know, people that had been doing it for a while. Um, the only people that hadn't were actually applying for a loan. Uh, they, uh, she didn't actually get selected, but uh, I think she was, she was very close. Um, so a lot of knowledge, a lot of, you know, it wasn't a beginner class by any means or anything like that. So the, the premise of the whole thing was that we took nothing with us, like nothing. The only thing we took with us was just the clothes on our back and you know, a couple extra layers, things like that. So this was uh, late spring. So it was still, it was pretty warm out. And by warm, I mean, it got pretty hot during the days and then just a little chill in the air at night. You know, So nothing crazy, you know, temperature wise or anything like that. You know, it wasn't 150 degrees, <laughs> you know, during the day thing and, or 20 at night, but, um, until we got, <laughs> we got to a certain point. Right. So, um, trying to put it in a, in a, in a chronological order. So we, uh, we meet everybody. We start out and we're kind of just walking and going through, uh, going through Dave's kind of, uh, methodology which you know i won't get into that a whole lot but um if if you ever get a chance to meet the man or you know or, or do anything with him as far as class or anything like it's it's even if you don't have a life-changing uh <laughs> thing like you will you will not regret it in any way shape or form so um he's just it's just an absolute pleasure to be around um but so we start out and we're just trekking through the mountains, you know, kind of picking up stuff along the way, resources, you know, bottles, things like that, that we can use later, find a few streams that we can drink out of, you know, they got cow pies in them and everything else. And we're just, we're just drinking straight out of them. And um, so the, the entire experience was going out. It was my first time really, uh, going out with nothing. And I think that experience alone was, was pretty rewarding because you, you don't know if you can do it until you do it. And the, the process by which you just start figuring things out, um, is, is really, uh, paramount to, to survival, you know, and I think a lot of people think survival and they think like, oh, well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to take that and I'm going to take that. 
And, you know, before you know it, you got a 60 pound pack full of all your survival stuff. And, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with having, having some things when you go in the woods, I, I preach it to everybody to have, you know, a lighter and, and several other things. But, um, but the, the experience of going out with absolutely nothing is, is a pretty rewarding experience. So, um, and you were a fairly trained professional at that time. I'll just, I'll jump in and add as well. Right. I don't recommend that, uh, you know, just somebody that's new to the experience, you know, go out there and do that, especially without, you know, some sort of safety net, uh, <laughs> involved, but, um, but no, so the, I guess it was the third day. Yeah. By the, by the third day, the time period too, like we didn't have a lot of streams of fish in it or anything like that. So what little bit we had to eat was just kind of edibles from the desert. Um, we did take a little bit of salt with us. Uh, so for people that don't know, especially when you're, when you're not eating, but you're, uh, you're out and drinking a little bit of water or any water at all. Uh, one of the big deficiencies that, that comes out right off the bat, you know, that pours out through your sweat is salt. And the, the inherent problem with losing a lot of salt and not putting any back in is that your brain functions start to deteriorate extremely rapidly. So for those that have never done it, your cognitive ability just like starts at a normal level and then goes like this. <laughs> It's, uh, it's pretty crazy how, how it drops off. So, um, you know, a lot of people that watch uh, alone or other survival shows where, um, you know, people are out, you know, and, and you're sitting there on your couch, you know, eating, uh, eating Cheetos, you know, taking in like 7,000 times the amount of salt that you're supposed to in a day. And you're watching these shows and you're thinking, why are they making such stupid decisions? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Well, it's not just, be, you know, some people, maybe they're, they're just not that intelligent, but <laughs> most of the time it's because of that lack of salt and your brain function, you know, rapidly deteriorates. So, um, there, you'll have a lot of these moments of like, what am I doing right now? And, and it's, it's kind of hard to explain if you've never been through it but you, you really question yourself back and forth, right? Um, in addition to that, without, you're not getting really great sleep, you know, you're, you're, you're dehydrated, uh, you don't have any food. And so after a couple of days, especially in a group setting, uh, things tend to get a little bit, uh, a little bit tense, you know, so, um, maybe there's a person that, you know, one person feels isn't pulling their full weight or they're not going and getting, you know, firewood, you know, as much as everybody else is and they're laying around. And so there's, there's a tension there that, that always gets created. You kind of see the true nature of, of who people are. And there's also, you know, an, an element of, trying to look out for each other as, as this little tribe that's going on this adventure. Right. So it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic when it comes to the, the personal aspects and the, the psychological aspects of, of what you go through. Um, 
And so we were no different. Um, we, we, you know, there, there, there came a point where things, I think it was like day three, you know, things started getting to the point where, you know, there, there was some tensions, nobody's getting in a fist fight or anything, but there was, there was some, you know, underlying tensions. And for me personally, uh, what I've learned over the years is that when I feel like I'm getting that way, because I can be an, a real asshole sometimes. Um, so when I feel like I'm getting that way, the, the, the easiest, the best thing for me that I've learned, and hopefully one day I'll, I'll be able to do it different, but uh, is to just kind of walk away and to, to, to get away, get, get my head clear, you know, get some space, get some breathing room, uh, get away from people, everything. And I still do it to this day. I did it a couple of days ago. Just went out to the woods for a couple of days. And so that kind of, that led to me kind of separating from the group. And, um, you know, I, was, I think, uh, I think Dave realized that aspect of me, uh, pretty, pretty early on, you know, cause I'd we'd be setting up camp or whatever. And I, I would kind of go away and just, you know, we're, you know, get my head space for, uh, clear for a few minutes or whatever. And so he kind of came to me, I think like after the first day or so, and he was like, Hey, if you, if you want to like scout ahead, you know, feel free to, you know, you don't, you don't have to like stay with the group. And I, and I think, you know, this is one of the, the really cool things about Dave is like, he's, uh, he sees, you know, who you are as a person He sees, you know, what, uh, what struggles you're going through or, or this side of the other thing and, and has the ability to, to kind of help guide you, you know, through that. But anyway, not to get off on a tangent, but, um, so that's what I was doing. And so we were, we had gone through this Canyon, uh, for like two and a half days. And then, we were going to our endpoint, which was on the other side of the canyon. So we had to climb up the canyon and then down the other side. And on the other side of the canyon was basically this giant uh, plains area. And so just as far as the eye could see, there's you know several mesas on on uh, that you could see out there, just giant giant mesas and um all the rest was you know small trees some big trees but you know a lot of a lot of plains type type area so we were on the crest of the the outer wall of the canyon and we were looking at a map and there was some discussion about you know where we were going and and this, that, and the other thing. And um, so basically what happened was it was pointed out on the map where we were going next. Um, that point <laughs> was supposed to be a middle point to where we were eventually ending up. So it, it's kind of a convoluted story to, to try and tell you without like drawing a picture or whatever. But uh, so basically the, the middle point 
was something that David wanted to check out, kind of scramble up the hill, and then go on to our eventuality. Nothing was said about where we were actually eventually ending up. And so through looking at the map, I had a good handle on where we were going next. And at that point, we had kind of argued amongst ourselves a little bit about, uh, you know, the best route to take and this and that and the other thing. And I started getting frustrated and I was like, basically, I was like, screw this. I'm, I'll meet y'all there. <laughs> right. And we're talking, I don't know, maybe five five, six, seven miles away. Um, and so I kind of took off. Another guy came with me. Um, this guy actually had MS. And so there was, uh, he, he was doing great the whole time, you know, but uh, for those of you who know anything about MS, there is, you know, a risk, especially in those kind of conditions um, when, when you don't have, you know, proper nutrition, everything else. And then if you have, you know, kind of a episode for lack of a better term. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so me and him take off. We get to the bottom of the, uh, of this cliff and we're, I mean, we're talking probably about a, maybe a thousand foot drop into this Canyon or into this, uh, plains area. And we get down into the plains area and if you've never been out to, to that area, like you can see forever in a lot of places. So, you know, we kind of look back and we see these, you know, little, little bitty dots <laughs> that are the, are the people that we're with and they're still scrambling. They're still, you know, coming down. And, um, so we're kind of like, yeah, whatever. We're just going to keep on trucking. Well, <clears throat> about, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes later, we get into some uh, some trees and bushes and stuff where we can't really see them anymore. As soon as that happens, it starts like raining and like thunders rolling in, all this stuff. And so we're soaking wet. We sit sit underneath the tree for a little bit, <clears throat> basically. You know, just just trying to get some sort of shelter, and so after that, we uh, we kind of went back to go look for them. Couldn't see them. We assumed that they had taken shelter somewhere, but now at this point, we're looking at this entire you know giant wall of cliffs that's as far as the eye can see, just mountains upon mountains upon mountains. We have no idea where they are, right? So one of the spots that we had discussed in the plains area, because we didn't have any water at this time, was a well that uh, some local farmers used to water their, their cattle and stuff, right? So we figured, okay, that's that's the next logical place to to meet up with these people we'll try to find the well and you know just kind of camp out there and then they'll they'll get there eventually right so <laughs> here's where the problem started <laughs> so i have um i have a weird memory <laughs> so some stuff like 
I, I don't remember names. I don't remember, you know, all these things that I just, I, I'm horrible with, right? When I look at something like a map, and I don't know if it's just because I've done it for years and years and years or whatever, but, <laughs> sorry. When I look at something like a map, it is almost like my brain scans it and makes a photocopy that I can use later on. Um, so if, if I study it enough, like it's, it's imprinted in there, right? So I knew about where the, the well was. And so we started heading off in that direction. And from where we were, the well was about halfway between where, between us and where we thought we were supposed to be going, right? Again, we didn't know where our actual end point was. So we start taking off toward the well and we're going through trees and we're going through, you know, all these little things where it's, where it's hard to see. And I had been carrying a, a rock, I think it was. Uh, it was either a rock or stick, you know, just in case a little animal came up, you know, smack it or try to smack it. And uh, so we're, we're searching for this well, can't find it, you know, and uh, it's still raining at this time. And this, uh, this rabbit jumps out, I don't know, about 10, 15 yards away and starts, you know, scampering off. And so we decided we're gonna chase this rabbit and and try to try to get it. And so I think I threw the rock one time and uh, missed completely. I'm horrible at throwing rocks, but uh, so we chased this rabbit and it was it was kind of crazy. We chased it for I don't know about 50 yards or so, and it kind of ran into this clearing. And lo and behold, there's the well. Um, so looking back on it. Like immediately, I never, the, the placement of that well, I never would have found it if it hadn't been for that rabbit. Hmm. Like it, it was just so small and insignificant. And in this like little patch of clearing with all these trees around, like, and unless you just happened across it, like you, you would never actually, you know, find it. So that was, uh, I, th I think that was, you know, looking back on it, I think uh, that was that was a God thing, you know. Um, so we now had a point of reference and we now had a place, um, but there was no place to shelter around there in any way, shape or form. And so at this point, it starts snowing. <laughs> and Welcome to Utah. Right. And uh, so we... Again, we have no way to make a fire other than friction fire, um, which we're soaking wet. All our tinder is soaking wet. You know, everything is just soaking wet. And now it's snowing. And so we made the decision. And again, going back to the mental thing, if you're with somebody, you know, you're constantly going back and forth of like, hey, does this sound like a good idea? No, you know, and, and being open with that communication to try and, bounce ideas off each other and, and make it make sense, you know, because very easily you can make a bad decision. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's not generally, you know, one person's the leader and you just blindly follow them. You know, it's, there's a lot of, if you're doing it right, you have to bounce ideas back and forth off each other. So a few, uh, I'm going to jump in for a second. A few minutes ago, uh, your narrator broke in and said, and this is where the problem started. 
Um, at what point did Justin start to realize like, are, are you, are you, are you there yet? Or are you still kind of like, eh, we're, we'll figure it out. Still mission driven at this point. Okay. Right. So still, I'm still like, okay, we need to, we need to figure out how to link up with these guys. We have inclement weather, you know, it's not just a simple, you know, trek through the side of the, the countryside, you know, like we, we need to, we need to find these guys, but I have no idea where they are. How was uh, your companion's mentality and everything? Was he, was he still like right there with you or was he kind of starting to spiral? Whole time we were able to bounce ideas off of each other. Um, the whole time we were, we were on, on the same plane pretty much as far as, you know, what to do, how to do it. Um, but it was, it was, it was really good to, to be able to say like, okay, you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. I'm not going crazy, you know, or I'm not about yeah. to make this really horrible decision or, or anything like that. Um, so, but no, I mean, there was, uh, up until things got, you know, super crazy, there was no point of, uh, of me worrying about him. And even when things did get super crazy, we we didn't have to worry about it, but I was worried about it to begin with, um, just because of his health condition. Um, but as far as how he actually performed, it was it was amazing. So it you guys was, were both awesome. doing doing good still. Yeah, yeah. Good. As as right. Well. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, so from there, I I knew pretty much exactly where which direction we had to head and everything else to find the place that we were supposed to go. And so we're like, well, they're going to head there. Right. Um, sorry. There's like trucks and stuff. Driving. I don't know if that's interfering with the sound. No, no worries um, at all. It's interfering with my concentration. Right? Yeah. But so, so we head there um, probably about another hour to get there. Um, in the meantime, it's going back and forth between snow and rain and sleet, uh, you know, the whole shebang. Um, and we get to the place that, uh, that we were going or that we thought we were supposed to be going. And it's just kind of this little trail. There's some rock outcroppings, uh, little caves, things like that, but nothing significant that we can actually hunker down. Um, so most of the little outcroppings and caves wouldn't have done anything for shelter, you know, up more than a, a tree, uh, to get under. And so it, uh, it didn't really, it, it didn't really fit the description that I had heard about the endpoint. And so things now weren't making sense, right? So I have this idea in my head of that is the end point. And I didn't know it was a waypoint on the way to the end point. And the description of the end point was this giant cave, you know, all these things. So, um, so we searched around that area and, I'm, you know, again, I'm like, I know that I am exactly in the spot that was pointed out to me on the map. You know, I know that's where I'm at, but it's not matching the description of the endpoint. So now what? So <clears throat> we made the decision to go back to the well 
and then from the well uh, go back toward um, toward the mountain range and, and try and yell for them, see if we could find them, whatever. And we figured that they would probably follow a similar route uh, if they had gone to the well and then going to that point, we might meet them along the way or we'll see some tracks or, or something of that nature, right? So that's what we did. We got back to the well, uh, no sign, no tracks, no nothing. And so at that point, I mean, we're, we're to the point of shivering, right? And we're, we're getting into the, the danger zone of, of hypothermia. And at, at this point, um, I'm starting to mentally calculate minutes, right, of, of how much longer we have to have. Um, and so I'm like, okay, we can, we can break through these trees, get to a little clearing where we can see the entirety of the, of the countryside, you know, this mountainside. So if, if they found a cave or something, um, and made a fire, we might be able to see them and then, and then run to that. So we, we get through this clearing, it starts opening up a little bit. And at this point, we are maybe two to five minutes from the point at which you need to start running in order to maintain your body temperature. Like and as well, I want to jump as, in and stress too that like I think for those listening, like you you've you went through a lot of training. You've been through a lot of training in your life, um, militarily and other that. So I just want to make sure that people understand that like your background and your history, like you're not just, I'm assuming you're not just putting these figures out. Like you, you had lots of training, lots of understanding, and you were very calculated in, in with the statements you're making and and what you were doing then. So also on top of that, it's not just speculation. Like I, I know myself very well. Um, and I've, and I've done things, uh, you know, for instance, cold water immersion, um, you know, things of that nature, um, to, to take things beyond theory and know how I'm going to react, where my breakdown points are, et cetera, and know what that feels like. Um, and, you know, so we're, we're at that point, like I said, to where there's, if you were staying put, right. You could do some push-ups. You could do some squats. You could do big muscle movements to kind of warm your body up. Where we're at, that's not really going to do any good, right? We'd just be doing push-ups forever, right? So the if you have a point that you're trying to to go to, um, it's it's right at that point where a lot of times walking will just raise your raise your core temperature enough to where you won't go hypothermic. Um, but it was so cold. We were so wet, um, so nutrient deprived and everything else that just walking, even at a fast pace, wasn't working. And so as we're walking, we're shivering, you know, we're, we're, we're slowly, but surely, you know, getting to that point. And like I said, I estimated probably we got like two to five minutes before we're going to have to start running in order to maintain our body temperature, in order to get our body temperature up. The problem is, is that I don't know which direction to run. (laughs) 
you know, like, like I've got this entire vast expanse of, of, uh, of Utah and there's nothing, you know, there, there's no, there's no roads. There's no, there's one like dirt road that went on the North side. Um, you know, but because of the confusion of where the endpoint was, this, that, and the other thing, it's just, you know, your guess is as good as mine. Like just run one way until you die type thing, right? So we discussed this and, you know, I'm both, we're both like, hey, bro, we're, we're going to have to start running, you know, when we, when we hit this next clearing, um, you know, otherwise, like we're going to die. And we, uh, we hit the next clearing and I just happened to look over to my left and I see this plume of smoke coming out of the trees. And I'm like, dude, right, right. That like, that's gotta be them. Right. And so we both halt, right. We're, we're probably, I don't know, maybe thousand yards away from it. So we haul over there, get through the trees and we find this giant fire just there. Right. There's no tracks around it. There's no, nothing right there's no indication and again it's been pouring rain it's been snowing it's been you know all this kind of stuff and it's snowing at this point it's still going back and forth between snowing and raining but there's no tracks there's no nothing there's just this giant fire in the middle in the middle of nowhere and uh so you know at first we're dumbfounded and then it's just this uh you know, this sigh of relief of like, okay, we're not going to die. Um, and to, to put it at a point of reference, you know, as we're warming up around this fire, there's a, a place a couple yards away that we thought we could make a shelter. We were so cold that by the time we were like, okay, one of us will go over, do a little bit on making a shelter and then come back and warm up and we'll just swap out. We were so cold that by the time we got just a few yards away and tried to move a branch or you know this or that or the other thing to, to make the to make some sort of makeshift shelter, we'd get like halfway there to to move the branch and had to go back to the fire. Like I mean, it was just your hands wouldn't move. Like we we weren't going to be able to accomplish making the shelter physically. Had you started the cognitive decline portion of early hypothermia? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and again, you know, so it's, it, it comes more, it comes more fluidly than you would think. Yeah. Um, especially when you already have the backside of the lack of salt, you know, lack of food, all that other kind of stuff, like a sleep. Um, when you have all that and then it, uh, it, it very, there's a lot smoother transition than just a straight drop off. Yeah. So say, everyone, everyone who adventures outside should have the opportunity to watch someone slip into like stage one hypothermia. It's yeah. very, very eye opening because it's really easy to miss. If you don't know what you're looking for, uh, you'll, you'll miss it. So yeah. just yeah, a absolutely. thing for those listening. Right. Yeah, no. And, and it's, uh, it is like, if you're with somebody, you got to be constantly checking on each other. You have to be, you know, constantly, going back and forth, talking to each other, looking for slurred sleep, slurred speech. That path. right there. Look for that. <laughs> um, 
like 70 degrees in here. So I'm doing all right, Justin. <laughs> Drink some water. Um, oh, but you yeah, know, you're absolutely right. Um, and so we, we kind of just get to this point of, okay, well, we're not going to die. You know, this, this fire is big enough. It's going to last all the way through the night, probably two days. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to die at least it's not going to be comfortable, but we're not going to die. And if it hadn't been for that fire, there is no doubt in my mind whatsoever. I would not be talking to you right. Um, I would, I would be, uh, I would either be at this point, a skeleton in, <laughs> out in the middle of, uh, out in the middle of Utah, or they would have found us, they would have found us dead uh, a couple of days later. Um, and so at the risk of, you know, of telling the whole story, cause a lot of times when I tell this story, I, I just kind of, I just kind of hit the, hit the high parts and, uh, and, and don't really go into great detail, but, um, at the risk of telling the full story. Um, uh, so we, we stayed next to the fire the entire night. Um, I think we actually maybe got a half hour sleep after the after the rain and snow and everything stopped. And, uh, so the next morning fire, fire's still going strong, you know, but, uh, the weather broke and it was actually, the sun came out. And so we kind of, you know, wrung out our clothes, got them as dry as we could. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, at that point it was like, okay, well, what do we do? You know, we're, we still got to find these guys. We still got to, you know, keep on going. And so we figured the best place, the, the last focal point was the well, right? That's the, the, the only place we had talked about definitively of that the entire group was going to go. So did you assume at this point that they were waiting for you somewhere or did you, what was your mind? Did you think that they were in a holding and looking pattern or did you assume that they were expecting you to be somewhere and, and, I, I had assumed because of the weather that they were hunkered down um, throughout the night and that 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 next day that then they would if, if they were fine, that they would they would try to find us. Um, so I had assumed they were still up in the mountains, um, you know, hunkered down in a cave or something like that. Um, so I was like, well, they're going to need water. That's the only point that uh, that we've talked about as a, as a, you know, cumulative focal point. So let's go back to the well. So we went back to the well and kind of point A to point B method, excuse me, um, just most direct route and got to the well, nothing, no tracks, no nothing. And so because it was a little clearing area, um, we were able to kind of, and the sun was out, we were able to kind of dry out our stuff, spread it out. Um, and we just kind of relaxed there for probably an hour at least. And, um, you know, at that point we're like, well, maybe they're not coming to the well, <laughs> maybe they've already been here, you know? Um, so there was, there was a dirt road, uh, to the North of us in between where the well was and where we went and thought we were at our ending point. So we decided to go up there and look for tracks. 
And so that's what we did. We went up to that road, kind of zigzagged back and forth looking for tracks. Couldn't find anything. Um, and so that road ran east to west on the west side. It went into the mountains and into the area that we had just came out of the canyon that I was talking about. We were in for the first few days and then out to the east. It just kind of kept going into more plains area. So just by process of, you know, deductive reasoning, we're like, they probably didn't go back into, you know, out, out there. So we're going to head east. We're going to follow this road and see where it takes us. Maybe eventually uh, we'll, we'll come across somebody or maybe they've seen them or come across tracks, etc. So that's what we did. We get probably, I don't know, five, six miles, you know, down that, down that road. And then there's just this plethora of tracks walking down the road. It's, it's our group, right? And so we, now we know we're good. All we got to do is just keep going. Um, keep going probably, I don't know, 15 minutes. And then I hear this buzzing sound and I'm like, that, that's a drone. <laughs> and uh, so I look over and I see this, I see this little dot and then it, it flies toward us and it's, it's Tyler's drone. And so now I know like they are already back to the vehicles. They're safe. They're not, you know, anything else. They're down this way. We're good. Um, and then maybe two, three minutes later, pickup truck pulls up. Um, you know, they got, got some food for us and we jump in the back of the pickup truck and, and go meet everybody else. So we get to the end and lo and behold, like, and this is, I don't know, probably <laughs> maybe 10 miles away from where we thought the end point was. And it was the actual end point. There's this giant cave, like they're, they're cooking, uh, cooking elk, you know, and potatoes and all this other stuff. And so, so we kind of, you know, we kind of relax and everybody's, you know, we're all hugging and, and everything else. And, uh, after after a little bit after everybody calmed down and everything else then we we got together and told everybody's story right and so what had happened from from their side of the story is they came down they got down off the mountain when it started about when it started raining snowing all that um had no idea where we had went and so they decided instead of going to the well, which would have been north from that position, that they were going to try and push on to the end point, which is east from that position, right? So meanwhile, we're north and they're moving east. Well, along the way, everybody is, is getting pretty bad as far as being cold and everything else, right? So they decide to stop in this grove of trees and make a fire. <laughs> I'm probably gonna get choked up, so just just forgive me if this this part takes a little bit longer. Um, so they uh, they tried to make a friction fire, and again, you have some of the some of the world's best people at making friction fire, and just because of the conditions, they couldn't 
couldn't do it. Um, so they had an emergency uh, emergency pack with a lighter and some some tender and stuff, and so they had to use that to get the fire going. So they stayed there for however long, uh, hunkered around the fire until everybody got warmed up, and they got ready to say, "Okay, let's let's keep going." And they were about to every all the group was about to put out the fire. Um, if you've never been out west, uh, like wildfires are a huge thing. Like you do not leave a fire burning. Like you, you don't do it. Um, and so they get ready to 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 go out. And, and, and put out the fire and Dave stops and says, no, leave it. And he said, you know, he said, uh, he said, no, you know what? Make it bigger. And everybody's like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, we can't just leave a fire. He's like, no, make it bigger. And at the time, talking to him, um, and I've talked to him about it later, um, but at the time talking to it, he he just expressed that something told him to, to do it, right? Um, and at the time, I was thinking like, okay, it's just like this, this feeling. I found out later it was like, it was very much that, that God told him to do it. Um, But uh, the man listened to what God told him to do. Didn't question it. Didn't try to reason with it or reason out of it. He just did. And that's... It's the only reason me and Cody are alive. And... um, you know, so we, uh, you know, we, we get done with everything and, uh, and the next day we, we kind of took a rest day and we just, uh, kind of hung out and, uh, went over some traps and, uh, and random stuff like that. And, um, you know, I, I talked to Dave a little bit more about, uh, about the whole thing, you know, and, um, you know that that night once they had gotten back, uh, they they had run all over the place. Uh, a couple of the guys had probably logged an additional ten miles just running around looking for us, trying to find us. Um, but then again, you have they're in the same cognitive, you know, place, and so the the they're going through more of a grid search pattern uh, as opposed to you know, having the thought of, well, maybe they went to the well or maybe they went, you know, maybe they found the fire that we left or or whatever. And so you just had these, you know, it's nobody's, it's nobody's fault. It's nobody's, you know, anything else. It's just a really, a really real part of, of these kind of situations in which you have two groups looking for each other, both with, you know, these, these, uh, 
these these uh, handicaps because of the condition you're in physically and mentally and it's just you know you're you're missing each other your your wires are are not connecting of like oh let me think about it in this way and it's it's just stuff that happens man and um but uh but yeah so you know talking to uh you know, Dave, Dave always, he called it trusting the process. Um, and, uh, and I think just from, from years of, of teaching, you know, at, uh, at boss and, and teaching different stuff, like, and I, I understand, you know, completely like you, you have, you kind of word things. So you don't, uh, you don't inadvertently offend people, uh, religiously or whatever, like, like everybody now, especially in today's day and age, is like super sensitive about everything <laughs> this one, you know. And uh so like um and so like at the time I was uh I I guess the I don't know how to describe it. I wasn't uh I wasn't an atheist, like I I just didn't think about God. I didn't, I didn't consider God's role in, in my life or, or anything of that nature. It was just kind of like, okay, yeah, if I really have to think about it, there's probably a God, but you know, I'm like, whatever. And that's a whole other long story about, you know, my, um, my religious background and everything else. But the point being is, you know, that's, that's kind of where I was at this point. And you know, in, in talking to him, he, he never really said anything about God. You know, it, it was just kind of, you know, and I even asked him, I was like, when you, you know, when you, when you say like, trust the process, like you're, you're talking about something bigger, right? And, and, and he just kind of looked at me and he's like, of course, you know, like, <laughs> oh, this is how Dave is, you know, but. Uh, Welcome to the program, Justin. Yeah, man. So, so after that, you know, I, uh, there was this profound realization of like, this man was listening to something, you know, and I, I didn't know what that something was at the time. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, this man was listening to something and that's the only reason that I'm alive. And so whatever that is, I, I want to learn how to listen to it. You know, like what, whatever that is, like that, that's important. And so that started me down, down a, a path of, of trying to listen. And it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a convoluted thing to try and explain to somebody what I mean when I say listen, but um, I think we all, we all get these feelings from time to time of like, Oh, I should do this or I should do that. That might not make logical sense. Um, but you have this feeling and, a lot of times I think we ignore those feelings and we try to rationalize it and we try to say like, Oh, well, yeah, it's just this, that, the other thing. And what I, what I found by, by trying to listen to those more, um, man, I, I could tell you story after story after story of just being by seeming happenstance, being in the right place at the right time, to either help somebody out or, you know, just, I mean, just crazy stuff, stuff. I mean, it's, 
and it's just, again, it's been story after story after story. Um, and then sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll have that experience. I'll have that feeling. I'll do what I'm, what I'm supposed to do, but I don't know the outcome. And I think that's the hard part for us as humans to, to follow that and know and not know how that came out on the other side, you know, not know, well, oh, well, the secondary and tertiary effects of that, you know, change somebody's life or help them or, or whatever. And so we, we find it really easy to do those things if we know what the outcome, but that's just not how life works, unfortunately, you know? And, um, you know, I think, I think that journey has, uh, has, has really changed the way that, that I, I think about things. It's really changed the way that, uh, that I interact with God. And the further down that road I went, the, the clearer it became when the, the differentiation between, okay, this is Justin's brain taking in information and then deciding that, okay, I need to do X, Y, or Z. And this is God telling me to do something, right? And so at first, those were very jumbled up. Those were very um, hard to differentiate. And the more that I tried to, to listen, for lack of a better term, um, the clearer those two things have become, you know? Um, and, you know, even... Even here uh, recently, you know, not to get into uh, not to get into all that, but um, you know, even here recently, that that has uh, you know been been more beneficial uh, to to my mental well being, my wife's mental well being. Um, and been able to get us through some some really really hard stuff. Just uh, just being able to to listen to what God's telling us. Um, a few months ago, it, it probably saved my wife's life. Um, but uh, it's weird, man. It's it's um, you know I I hope I hope whoever listens to this um understands like i'm i'm just telling a personal experience i'm i'm the last person on earth that's going to try and preach at you i'm the last person on earth that's going to try and shove god down your throat i think if uh if if god wants to wants to talk to you he's going to talk to you and if it's uh just hopefully you're you're willing to listen at that point I'm pretty hard-headed, so um, God, God's got to kind of slap me upside the head um, in order to get me to listen. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll get better uh, about being able to listen to uh, without without needing to almost die. Uh, but uh, but no, I I I, I do. I, I hope whoever's listening to this understands that um, that uh, that I. I I'm not the guy that's that's gonna kind of try to push anything down your throat. I know there's a lot of people out there that are that are like that. I just want to, you know, 
I guess, you know, share, share that personal experience. And, uh, you know, it's there, the, the, I guess the point is that it's not, it wasn't just me as, uh, and I, I hate to use the, the term sort of, you know, expert in anything, but, you know, it just, it wasn't just me as a person who was, let's say, very well versed in survival things. Um, you know, the entire group was very well versed in survival things being led by one of probably the premier still living, uh, you know, fathers of, uh, you know, of, of what we call bushcraft, what we call, you know, survival training, you know, primitive skills, like, um, like that, <clears throat> that's who I was with. And this still happened. Um, and if, if it was different, you know, if, if I was just, uh, some, some random dude that decided to go out and, uh, you know, into the wilderness with nothing but the clothes on his back and I almost died. Well, you could think like, okay, well, yeah, maybe, maybe you just made some really dumb decisions, man. And, and, you know, that's, that's possibly true for me as well. But, but, uh, you know, to me, there is, there is zero doubt in my mind that that, that that was God's intervention to, to keep me alive. For what reason? I, I'm still not sure yet, honestly. But, um, I, I think I've still got stuff to do um, in, in one way, shape, or form. Um, you know, and, and, and maybe, maybe it's just telling this story. And maybe this story is going to affect somebody else that, that affects somebody else that affects somebody else that leads to something bigger that I'm never going to see or know about or, or anything else. And, and that, that was another hard part of me to accept that that's a very real possibility. And like I said, maybe I'm not going to know what, uh, what, how that comes to fruition, but uh, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't, if I didn't tell people my experience, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't share, you know, my, my personal thoughts and beliefs and, and, uh, and what I, what I believe happened and what the other people that were with me believe happened. Um, and so, you know, people, people can take that how they want to. They can, you know, they can say like, Oh, Justin's a looney tune now. Like, okay, man, cool. <laughs> yeah. You're not feelings, but, um, I think, you know, the, the last time we talked, um, which was, that was a year ago, man. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, the last time we talked, you were basically sharing brief, I mean, very briefly. We, you know, I am like, it's funny. Anyway, this is two for two on episodes of this podcast where I've cried during the conversation. Um, yeah, but. You know that we're the only, we're the only uh, you know, people think about us as animals. We are the only animal that can cry because of something that we hear or something that we remember. Like there's other animals that can cry, but they do it like in the moment. Like if a, yeah. if a elephant gets killed or whatever, like the baby will cry because of what it's seeing. Like they don't cry two years later. Because of the memory of it. Yeah. 
But so, it's it's interesting. When we spoke last time, you were you would don't ask, act like that's uh, that's a bad thing, man. That's a gift. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not acting like that at all. I. I. Not, I'm just, oh, in general. general, I was like, dude, I cry like a crazy person. <laughs> I I love I love my emotion. Um, I think it's healthy, right? But when we spoke last time, you had kind of you had shared the story briefly, and and you had basically said, "Hey, what whatever you believe in, like whatever your power is, right?" And personally, I'm on your page. I I believe in a, a Christian faith, and and so I'm on the same page as you with that story. Um, but I, I think even if you're not on that page, there's a lot of belief and learning and faith to draw from this in whatever direction you view the world um another thing i wanted to just point out so the the first episode um i spoke with a gentleman by the name of dr scott hammond who he's a a phd of i think managerial psychology or something right he's in a he teaches in a school of business management um and he's a he's done search and rescue for about seven or eight years i believe uh, running a canine he's been on over 400 uh, search and rescue missions and counting. And so he's had the opportunity to be on lots of rescues, lots of recoveries, uh, all sorts of everything. And one of the things that he's noticed, and he wrote a book about this as well, is that pretty much every one of these experiences ends up being a very spiritual experience regardless of how you choose to view that spiritual experience. So whichever, whichever lens you look at it through, it ends up being a very intensely spiritual experience. And, um, you know, something for me that I'm realizing is that this initially I started this project with the concept of, you know, we hear from all these folks from alone that have this very specific experience and get to know them. What's it like to, have a real world experience right alone alone's as real as it gets but it's still what well, it is and this well, show i'm realizing is is just going to be intensely it's a human show these conversations are it's not going to be about survival it's about being a human uh so thank you for sharing and opening up sorry you were going to say something there oh no yeah i mean you, you're you're absolutely right man I, it's uh it is it's it's the it's the very basis of being human. Um, and that is to continue to live despite whatever, like this, this is, and I think in a, in our society now we have, we have digressed a lot to the point of, uh, we get upset when we're not comfortable, right? When we do, when we can't just, you know, sit on the couch and, you know, drink a beer and watch, watch our you know favorite show or whatever. Um, like that, that is so far outside of, of, of how we're programmed as humans. And I would dare say that, um, you know, survival in and of itself, i.e. just not dying and, and being in an experience where you are very close to dying or you should have died or, or, or things like that. Anyone that can go through an experience like that, um, and doesn't come out on the other side with some 
some increase of spirituality in, in some way, shape or form. Um, that that's a very, that would probably be a very weird thing to me. Um, you know, and, and, uh, it, it is, I think, I think, you know, a lot of these things are, are connected. We've just lost sight of them. We've just lost touch with them, you know? Um, you know, and, and people for thousands of years have been, you know, describing these, uh, these elements, um, you know, they, the, the mental and physical and, you know, there's always like when, when these things are described in antiquity, there's always a spiritual aspect. Right. And so like at your very core, at your very base, if you can imagine yourself being born into a deserted island, right? Like there's nothing there. Like it's like your mother had you, raised you until you were five years old, and then she disappeared, right? And so it's it's five-year-old you on this island, nothing, right? And somehow, just through the process of your your brain and imagination and everything else, you, you live and, and survive and don't die. Right. And you do that for years and years and years. At a certain point, I firmly believe that a person in that situation, so nothing, no, no outside influences, no Bible, no Quran, no, whatever other book, no, nothing. Right. You are going to arrive at two conclusions eventually if you know that there are other people that exist, right? And these two conclusions to me would be one, something created all this. It didn't just happen by random happenstance, something created. And then on top of that, that every inhabitant of this entire world that something created is just as important as I am. We're, we're all just specks on this giant planet, right? And so just by sheer logic, it makes sense to try and be as good to other living things as humanly possible until they give you a, an absolute reason where you can't be good to them, you know? Like, but, uh, but outside of that, if, if, if we worried about nothing but those two things, like our lives would be full. Our lives would be you know, so much richer. You know, if we just realized that this shit's not by happenstance and, and every, every other living, living thing on this planet, um, you know, is also put here for some sort of purpose that we may not know, we may not understand, but there's something. If, if something created it, then it created it for a reason. And it, again, I think, I think, uh, you know, religiously, a lot of times, like so many people get wrapped around the actual about, you know, this aspect of this aspect of this aspect. And, 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 you know, but in a, in a spiritual sense, in a, in a even logical sense, man, if you just focused on those two, you'd probably be doing a lot, uh, a lot better off, you know, but all we can do is, you know, what, uh, what's going on in here and 
you know, you can't, you can't force anybody else to do it. But man, I mean, the, you know, and this is the thing for me, you know, if, if, um, if doing something like this, uh, gets into one person's head and they're like, Hey, yeah, maybe I should be, uh, not, not be as much of a piece of shit as I am or whatever. Like I need to, I need to change my, uh, you know, change my way of thinking and be nicer to people or whatever. Like, man, yeah, that that's worth it. You know? So, yeah. Huh, Justin, um, I'm going to say this, I'm going to borrow from something you put out the other day and I, I wasn't thinking this when I said it, I was going to say it anyways, you're a good man, dude. Um, you're a, you're a good man. Um, I, I, I really appreciate this conversation and I, you know, I'm surprised again. I, I, after I left the first episode of this with Scott, I realized like, yeah, this is not going to be this, this show is not going to be what I thought it was going to be. It's going to be something much better. Um, and you know, I came into this conversation, like still wondering, what is this going to be? And it ends up being something much better. So, uh, thank you for being so open and willing to share. You know, I had all these other questions and things and, you know, from the outset of this project, it was the genesis of it again was what is real, what does the real world situation look like for folks and what can we learn from the real world situation? And, and I had this, this big concept of, you know, what did you do to prepare beforehand and, and how were you unprepared and what do you do differently today? And, um, but I, I think the reality is, and, and, you know, Scott so insightfully mentioned it and, and taught me this last time. And then this experience has confirmed it, that this is, it's being lost is, is a human condition. It's a, <laughs> it's a human condition. It, it's yeah, there's, there's preparedness and there's things. Um, but being lost is a human condition, whatever way that manifests itself. Um, so I guess as we, as we close, I mean, I didn't even give you a chance to talk. I don't know. Is, is Bear Mountain doing anything? Is there anything you want to share there for folks or? I mean, not really. So I've kind of, I, I sat on it and didn't really do a whole lot of classes and any, anything else. And then, uh, here, as you know, over the last year, we've, it's, it's kind of, we've kind of been, uh, all over the place, but, uh, no. So what, what I'm doing with it now is, um, is looking for ways to get back. Right. So uh, I'm doing more, um, like pro bono search and rescue training, uh, like teaching survival stuff to those guys. Um, you know, different things like that, uh, to where I can, I can use, use the, the business as something to give back. Um, and, so that's that's really where it's at. I'll, I'll probably teach some classes here and there, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna probably next year I'm gonna get back into get back into training police, um, do some do some stuff with that again, um, get back into that realm. But but no, I mean that's that's the biggest reason. You know, it's just kind of uh, at this point, it's it's just uh, a, a way to to try and get back and, and help and get uh get me out of the house sometimes but <laughs> <laughs> cool well for those i mean for those who are interested so bear mountain survival is a, a business and a school that justin has started and um it kind of at an interesting time i guess in in your life yeah. is when is when that started um 
you can find that on Facebook. Justin is very clear that he's not a content producer, so <laughs> you won't see much coming out of the Bear Mountain Survival Facebook page unless it's important, right? And right. I think that's uh, I think that's a super good thing, my friend, um, is that there's nothing superfluous about what you're putting out. If you put something out, it it is deeply personal or means something to you. Uh, you also like to social experiment, so. <laughs> <laughs> you're a big social experimenter and it's fun to watch people fall into your social experiment traps. They don't realize what's happening. Um, <laughs> but Justin, you're a, you're a good dude, my friend. Um, do you have anything last minute you want to share before we wrap up today and, and get you back to your family? No, I, I really got to go to the bathroom. So it's, <laughs> well that was the best way to end the show so cue the the closeout music and justin i appreciate your time today man thanks brother